Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimerger, LCSW. That's Mordechai Weimerger, licensed clinical social worker, and Harav Nissen. What a great opportunity it is to be here all together, a schus and an honor. Let's go ahead and start the program. We have over here, first I'd like to thank everyone, especially Harav Nissen, and everyone that has changed around due to the weather. What has happened was, um, I wanted to be sure that we can have the program, so we've changed it from Monday to Tuesday, and Baruch Hashem, it was a mazel for that, because due to the snow, I wouldn't have been able to make it. So I'd like to thank everyone for being flexible, Rav Nissen, and helping everyone in the studio that we can, this way, make it work. So thank you, Rav Nissen, and thank you for all our... Hello? Okay, so it seems like uh, somehow we blew in a... <laughs> we lost all the contact. Okay, let's let's see if if we can reach Rabbi. Hello? The phone line just collapsed, overwhelmed. So uh, <laughs> I don't know whether, but let me see. <laughs> Okay, we have uh, Rabbi Weinberg with us again. <laughs> Hello. Okay. All right. Welcome, everyone, once again Hello. to this program Hello. with Mordechai. Hello. Yeah. Mordechai.
Okay, we are again with Rabbi Weinberg. Hello, Rabbi? Yes, hello. Okay. Okay, so you're on air. Let me just try to get other phone lines. Okay. Great. So I would like to first thank everyone for calling in and for everyone being flexible that we are doing this program on Tuesday night. And that's, Baruch Hashem, something I have a great appreciation that we're allowing ourselves to be normal, allowing ourselves to have things to occur, like the snow and other stuff to happen, and to just be at ease with that. For those of you that would like to call in, I know we had several people on the line, but due to some technical reasons that the, those that have called in, the numbers were disconnected, so feel free to call in again. And the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And I'm looking forward to taking your question or your comment. I would just like to give a, a, a little comment that someone made to me this morning on the bus, and it was appreciative. And we were talking, and some of us were saying how the snow was so inconveniencing everyone that was happening. And someone said on the bus, no, it's supposed to happen. Like, this is now the season of snow. Then someone said, yeah, I guess we have to accept it. And then that person goes, no, it's actually good that it happened. That's what's supposed to happen now. And it was such an amazing awareness for me. I walked away from that information that we're busy having our plans and we are hoping that this winter won't snow. And therefore, if it snows or if we're inconvenienced in our plans that we want to control how it should go, now we're disappointed. Okay, we'll make the best. No, that's not correct. Winter time in the U.S. of A., or at least in the New York area, is meant to snow from, from about December through, through February and March. That's normal. That's healthy. And therefore, it's the other way around. We should be expecting it to snow, and every day that we're not inconvenienced by the snow is a great appreciation, and thank you. And for those of you that are kids, that every day that it does not snow, and you're disappointed that it doesn't snow, I feel bad for you. But the concept is, let's recognize that it's not, it's okay if it snows, it's healthy, it's great. That's what the Rabbi Nishlelem wants, and we've got to slow down our control to get these things going. All right, we're going to go over here to some of the callers that we have that called in. And back, we're going to go to Mrs. C. Hello? Sorry, we lost again. Hold Hello? On. Hold on, we lost again. Uh, okay? Hold on, stay online, okay? Okay. Hello? Hello? Okay, we are back, we are back, and <laughs> I really apologize. It's hopefully that won't continue this way. So, uh, Rabbi, you're on uh, the air again. With the greatest of pleasures and honors and patience. So I was wondering, where was the last place that I was when we got disconnected? Where? I know. Or let's just, let's okay. go straight to Mrs. C. Let's go ahead and start. Mrs. C, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. 
What's up? Yes, hi. Thank you for your great show. We really love it every week. We look forward for it, to it. Um, last week, there was this discussion about uh, this girl that called in the ninth grader, that she was all stressed about tests. Yes. Oh, so, my, uh, so my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter, uh, listened to the program, and she said that she thinks she has the opposite problem of her. She... <laughs> Um, she, Baruch Hashem, she's doing very well, and she wants to know if she has to put in that extra effort to get the 100, because she doesn't have to study that much. So let's understand what her question is. Her question is, if she doesn't put, she, she's, what marks does she get? If she studies, let's say, for a half hour, she'll get a 90, easily. Yeah. She's actually well, listening on the line. Again, she just, I need you know, more questions. She's nervous more. about being on the phone. Words, let, me, let, me, let me just explain to you how general it is. It's like you're telling me someone called up that they baked chocolate cake and they didn't like chocolate or they're working too hard on chocolate cakes. Now you're asking me, okay, well, my daughter doesn't really put much effort into the chocolate cake. Is it a problem? Give me information. If your daughter is getting 40 and she knows she puts in an effort and she could get a 90 and she's getting a 40, you bet it's a problem. You as the parent also need to encourage her. If she's easy and enjoying life and she's getting an 80 and she could get a 90, then as a parent, yes, you want her to do her best, but you will judge. Is now the time for her to put in more? Are we balancing other areas? Remember, everything takes brain power. Is she doing brain power helping out at home? Is she using brain power smiling and being with friends? Then, yes, if you're happy with the mark and you feel she's doing great, that's fantastic. Okay. You, you tell me. You're asking me. You're turning me into the authority. I want you to be the authority. You, the parent, trust yourself. Right. No, so actually I'm calling with her on the line, and she wanted, like, she's a little nervous to ask the questions, so she, she wanted to know if it's normal for her to take it so easy, and she's just having, you know, she's a very well-rounded you know, kid. She's helping at home. And she's had... Please forgive me to be assertive over here. Sure. You're asking the question for your daughter. I'm telling you, I need more information. It doesn't help knowing that your daughter is on the phone. Is your okay. daughter getting good marks? Yes, yes. or no? You, ask, you can't ask me with her on the phone if she's not on the phone. If she's not going to talk, she's not on the phone. So let's pretend she's not on the phone. Is she getting good marks? Yes, she is. Are you happy with her marks? I'm totally okay with it. Is okay isn't happy. Notice the I'm word. I'm happy, happy, yes, I'm happy with okay. it. Okay. She you're happy with it. Great. Is she happy with her marks? Yeah. Good. So now what's your question? I want you to realize there's a deeper question. Go ahead. So what's your question? So what's your question? No, that's why no so stop. That's why either she comes on the phone or you're asking the question. We can't go through a middle person. We can't do that on air. Mm-hmm. So let's answer your question, since your daughter is not coming, or ask your daughter if she's willing to come on the line. I hear her question, but I can't guess it and then play phone tag over here. We're on ear. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel comfortable. Good. So I will tell you the question that I think she's going to say, but I don't want her to answer it because we're going to pretend the question finished. When I get questions like that, it's that your daughter knows she has more in her, and she knows she wants to put more effort, but she might need to push. And what we, if she would be on air, if she would be calling up, uh, speaking on the phone, then I'd be asking her, what's holding you back from really putting in your best? And that's the real question. 
The question is, she knows she's got more power in her. She knows she could be more successful. And something's holding her back, and that's why she's asking the question. Just like the girl of last week, where she had to get the 100, because she feels she is not valued, she is not successful, so she's trying to cover it up by overachieving. Your daughter actually is very happy with herself, but she knows she could do better, and then the question would be with her, why are you not putting that extra oomph that you know you could? Now, we're not saying you need to put your extra oomph in everything that you do all the time, because those are two extremes that will burn us out. On the other hand, in life, we've got to put our, um, our extra in. When you put in the, the line is, in order to be extra, extraordinary, you have to put in a little extra in front of ordinary. It was one of those quotes. So your daughter, I think, feels she's extraordinary. She has power within her, and she's just not utilizing it. And that would be her question, why am I not doing it? Mm-hmm. And thank you for your question. Hello, I, can I ask another one? Go ahead, but if this can this time please be your question. Okay. Hello? Yes. Yes, okay. So this is really a question of a mother that um, it's basically about sending her to camp. She feels she really what? doesn't have an interest in going to camp. What's the age? What's her age? She's 15. 15. So the past two years, she took a job in the city, and she loved, she likes doing, uh, working with kids. But I feel like she would do great in camp and just, you know, uh, Good. Uh, What's your spread question? out her wings. Your question. We hear your dilemma. She's happy not going. You want her to go. What's your question? Take it deeper. What do you feel? Let's start with your instincts. My instinct is that I should give her that little push to spread out her wings like that. Excellent. So now let's take your question. So now the question is, I feel my daughter should spread her wings. She's 15. She might start dating in three, four years. She's still a little sheltered. She might not take risks. Correct? Is that your question? Yeah. Excellent. Now, what would you like? Now your question is, what's your question? Take it to a question. Um, How do I get her to spread her wings when she's not comfortable going out? Is it okay to give her that little push, or should I just let her be in her comfort zone? No, we can't tell you until we know your daughter, but let's go ahead and look at both sides, and I feel this is a great awareness. Notice now how the two questions are going together. One, question number one is, your daughter has got talent, she does well in school, you're happy with it, but she feels, and you feel she has more to her and she's not utilizing it. Question number two is, you feel that if she goes to camp, she will have more, she can spread her wings, she can connect more with others, let go of whatever safety there is of the house and actually find herself. And you feel she could do more, but she's not ready to do it. Mm-hmm. I guess I got now, my answer. Question, that's right, and what's your answer? That it's a healthy, it's a healthy learning experience to do that, to give it out the push. That's right. Now let's take it a step further. I would like you to answer this question. When is pushing a girl not healthy or a kid not healthy? When it's uh, a shove or forcing. That's right. Or you feel she can't handle it or you're doing it for your purposes. Mm-hmm. But if you speak to her and tell her, look, Part of our job as a parent is for us to be able to get, your, to get you to grow. That means sometimes we've got to push you. Know that I'm there. We'll push you. I'll be available. You want to call me in camp, I'll call you. You don't have to go a whole summer. We'll start a half a summer. You want to stay the second half, we can do that. You know, same thing with schoolwork. You feel you could do better, then our job is to get you to do better. But, again, on a healthy level means 
you can do better. There are times we might have a simcha going on, and we won't push you to do so well, you know, at the mark. But when you could do your best, that's part of our job of parents, is to be able to expect excellence, not perfect, excellence in our children when it's the right time to do that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, it's, it's also, you know, it's something within me that I have to, like, give that little... That's right. you got to feel safe to push her. Yeah. Excellent. We are going to go to Thank Mrs. You. G. You're very welcome. Mrs. G, you're on there with Mordechai and her. And for those of you that would like to call to ask your question, the number is 718-683-5858, Looking forward to taking your question or your comment. Thank you. And Mrs. G, you're on with Mordechai and her of Nissen. Hello? Yes. Is that me? Yes, it's you. All right. So first I want to thank you for your program. It brings a lot of awareness, and I really enjoy it. I'm honored. Okay. Thank you. It's a schuss. It's a real schuss. All right. So now my question. I have a friend. Um, hello? Do you hear me? Hello? Oh, yes. Can you just say it again? You have a friend. Okay. I have a friend. I'm going to start with a question first, and then I'll give you the details. Thank you. Oh, that's music to my ears. Oh, yes. Okay. I have a friend that sometimes um, takes my words I tell her, and she she kind of makes up stories based on that, things I've never said to her. Yeah. And she goes around and spreads rumors that are not true. Good. So let's start with your question. What's your question? So my question is, how how do I go about it? How do I tell her? What am I supposed to do about this? Okay. Well, first question to you is, let me ask, why do you have such friends? Why do you hang around someone that does that? Okay, so I don't talk to her often. I talk to her once in a few months. You know, we're each busy with our own lives. And um, so she, she kind of, at, at one point in my life, no, that's I was, one point, just a short version. You're friends with her. We're, we're getting history. That, let's mm-hmm. know more details. Why are you friends with, uh, it's a simple question. If you're with someone that they tell stories, they change your words, they tell others about things that you don't do, mm-hmm. what would you say, why do you hang around such a friend? So you want to say you're not that close to her? Okay. You don't interact with her? Good. Just don't, give me the short main purpose. Okay, you're right. I'm not that close with her. But whenever I do talk to her, she Great. takes my information and turns my words around. However, Nissa, what would you say to that? You have a friend that you don't speak to often, but when you do speak to them, they take your words and they turn your words around. What would you say? How do you deal with it? <laughs> you know, and Tilin said, basically, <laughs> you do, you do something trick, you know. Give her, some, give her something that's the opposite and see how it's working. <laughs> it's, uh, yep. I would say it's play, play, play air game, you know. Yep. What do you mean? I, that, uh, I'm not sure I understood. So let's say that uh, I, I give me give me example what what she what she's doing. Let's say that. So I once told her um, she tried to call me many times and I couldn't answer the phone. I just was too busy. So when when I answered the phone one day, I told her, um, you know, I, I told her I see that you're trying me, but I'm very busy now. I have to run out. We'll talk. I'll call you when I have time for you. 
So she took my words, and she decided that I am, I told her, actually, I'm going to a doctor. I have an appointment. I'm running out. She took my words, and she decided that I'm very sick. And the next thing I knew was five, six hours later, my mother calling my husband frantic. What happened? Um, your wife's in the hospital. My daughter's in the hospital. She's sick. She's critical. She went around telling people that I'm critical in the hospital, and I got call after call That's while I was example. standing in my kitchen serving dinner. That's a good example, you know, just, you know. You can tell her, you know what, I'm, I'm right now very busy. I have a friend that uh, needs my help, and I cannot talk with you. So now what happened, you know, she will make her, her own calculation. Who is the friend? What a friend? And all this stuff, you know. Let her give her feeder, feeder in, in a wrong, what you call it in the intelligence work, feeder the wrong information. Mm-hmm. And see what was going on. You want, you, you're going to visit Shiva? You're saying, oh, you're going to visit Hasana. You, uh, you, you understand? So, uh, yeah. you know, you make it, you, in the end, she will realize that basically you trick her, you know, and she will stop doing it. I see. Okay. Yeah, I would like to add on to exactly what Arvnissan said, and I'm also a big believer that people say all the time in my name, but that's really true. In direct communication means imagine that happened with your friend. You called your friend, I don't understand. I told you I'm going to a doctor, and you first of all told several people that I went to a hospital, A. You changed my words, and B, if I told you I'm going to a doctor, why are you spreading it to others? Just being direct. What happens if you'd ask her that question? You know, I'm even a little annoyed. My mother got scared, called up my husband if I went two things. A, I never said I went to the hospital. I said I'm going to a doctor. And B, why are you telling it to people? That's a simple question. What do you think she would reply? You be her. What would be her reply? She may deny it. No, I asked you. You be her. I'm doing a role play. Okay. Hello, friend. You know, I got this interesting call. My mother called up my husband in a panic saying that she heard I went to the hospital. And we realized that it came out because I told you I'm going to the doctor and you told others I'm going to the hospital. I don't understand how this happened. I told you something about going to the doctor, not the hospital, A. And B, when I tell you something, why is it being spread further? What, what would you say? I'm trying to think. Okay, well, I, this I, is what I you would, do. Would, and then you I might go, you know, to be honest with you, it's the second time that this happened already. Or it's the fourth time, and it happened two weeks ago or three weeks ago when we spoke, and I mentioned to you, I'm picking up the kid from school because the teacher wanted, uh, wanted to speak to me, and then I got a message from someone else that said that they heard that my kid is having problems in school and the teachers, I'm having problems with the teachers, and I realized it came from you. I didn't say that. All I said is that the teacher wanted to speak to me, and it actually had nothing to do with my daughter. But how is it that when I speak to you, two things happen again? Things are taken out of context, A, and B, that it's going to the whole world. Is that really coming from you? Is there some way it's happening? And she might say, she might even defend herself, say, it's not me. I spoke to your sister-in-law, and this sister-in-law is the one that always changes all the messages. I see. But if you're direct, you can work it out. Otherwise, you know you don't trust her, and you know you're going to be avoiding her. I do try to avoid her as much as possible. Yeah. But, you know, I sometimes can't do it because I see she's calling me time, you know, again and again and again, trying, running after me for the past two, three weeks. Let me at least answer the phone and say, I'll call you another time. Just stop calling me. Stop bothering me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, again, being direct, it will happen. 
I see. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. And the number for those of you that like to call in is 718-683-5858, and we are going to go to Mrs. L. Mrs. L, you're on with more. Rav Nissen. Hello? Hello, Mrs. L or S? Hello, whoever it is, you're on. All right, Rav Nissen. Let's see who else there is. Hello? You're not going to see. Hello? 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 Yes. Okay. Okay. Mrs. S. Mrs. S. You're on with Mordechai and her Nissim. Hello? Is that me? Yes. Yes. Yeah, hi. You. Thank you for your time, the program. I really enjoy it. And I'm sure thank you know, you. you're a very busy person and it takes a lot of your time, so thank you for that. You're um, very welcome. And I'd like to please say the same for Rav Nissen. I mean, he's putting in double time, right. especially when Thank I pull you. quick Thank ones like time. now I really that I have to go on it. a Tuesday instead of a Monday. It really changes everyone's schedules. Right. Okay, so I know you don't do chinuch questions, so I'm not sure if my question falls under that category. So I'll ask and you'll, you'll tell me. So first answer the first questions even before you talk. Is this your first child? No. Okay. Which number child is this for you? Second. Okay. Um, my son is six, six years old, and he, he, he gives everything away very extremely in all different areas. If he gets any reward, either at home or in school, he, like a second later, someone else has it, and he doesn't really care about, like, he doesn't really care. Rewards don't talk to him. If I give him anything, like, he doesn't care. Even his Rebbe in, in Chaita like, he even told me, like, he, he says if whoever does whatever, whatever will get something, and he'll say, oh, I don't need it, even though he did the thing, and he was... Now, let's ask a question. Do you or your husband are that way, that you guys are not assertive, you don't defend yourself, one or mm-hmm. both of you? Um, maybe one. Okay. But well. as I want, my question was, um, is this, ex- like, it, it comes out very extreme, I want to know let's stop, it's let's it's stop there. It's a chinuch question, a parenting workshop. You take the parenting workshop and you speak to the parenting expert one-on-one. Uh-huh. You got the answer. It's a chinuch question. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, thank you. Great. Okay. And the number for those of you that would like to call in, the, you can call in now, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Looking forward to taking your questions. And your comments. We're going to go to Mrs. M. Mrs. M, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello, Mrs. M. Hello? Uh, yeah. Mordechai. Mordechai. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. It's... Okay. It's... Okay. Uh-huh. Hello? Yeah, hello. Yes. Yes, hi. Um, I have a question. Go ahead. Um, I've gone to therapy for the past, um, like, uh, for a long time to therapist. Long time, and six instead months, of helping three me. Three months, a year or two? Hold on, just fill. And then I'm on one more, 15, 20 years. Someone's in therapy and for 15, instead of helping 20 me, years? Wait, I what is it? Right. To the same, hold on, to the same therapist? Yeah. From Whoa. when I was a child. Basically. Wait, say that again. Say that again. Hold on. Yeah, from so when I was a child, wait, yeah. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. Let's stop a second. 
You're, I just need to get this. I'm a therapist. And I want to understand this. You are going to a therapist for 15 years? <laughs> Basically, I went to the same therapist for, yeah, I stopped in between. Uh, I didn't go for the <laughs> every single year, but on and off. And your issue still stayed on and off for 15 years? Okay, no, I'll tell you why. Okay, so let me tell you. So the thing is, uh, what my question is, that not only that she didn't help me, that she harmed, like she did a lot of damage. Let's stop a second. Before we go to blaming the therapist, why yeah. did you continue? Let me ask you, would you pay three, four $4,000 a year? Would you pay a goita of, let's say, $11, $12 an hour, whatever it is that you pay, to ruin and dirty your floors? That's exactly what I did. Yeah, it was a big mistake. Hold on. Good. So let's just be yeah. aware. Good. And you've gone for many, many years. Okay. I, on and off. Afterwards, I used yes. over the phone because I, I couldn't get to, to her. I, I, don't, I, I moved away. But on and off, I'm telling you, not, I, I didn't use it constantly. Okay. I stopped for a year or two. Then when I, whenever I had an issue, I would call her up for an appointment. She was Good. like so my what's your constant question? therapist. What's your question? Okay. So my question is, number one, she did a lot of harm. Wait, and, I hear a uh, question. I hear statements. Me correct, correctly. Stop, stop, stop. I don't hear a question. I hear statements. Give me a question. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you she did harm. And now, okay, so A is I'm very upset. I don't know how to deal with it uh, about myself. And B, am I supposed... Now, she did a lot of harm with a lot of people, family members. And B, am I supposed to tell for the people around, like, how should I avoid that people should stop using her because it's a waste of time. And, and she's well, dangerous, right? you need to ask your of. I, I, I have an issue. My issue over here is, number one, you should go to therapy. And let me explain to you why. I don't like telling people to go to therapy. Something is wrong that if you are 15 years with someone that caused you harm and you couldn't break off, that means, forgive me for saying it, but one or both your parents are very domineering and very tough, and the other one is very codependent, completely following. So what you're doing now is, you are continuing to blame others for taking away your power, which I would use, which I would change those words to saying you continuously give away your power. What happens to someone when they're that way codependent? They usually turn to anger, and you start blaming that therapist. I'm not saying they don't. No, no, I, I already found the great therapist, and that's what bothers me now. That now I'm already my diagnosis, and already all the stuff that you did wrong, that you didn't diagnose, and she didn't whatever. Now I want to do. I want to know what I'm supposed to do with her. Ah, that I would tell you to continue with your therapist. I don't have an answer to that. One thing I will tell you is, by the way, you do have a right to call up that therapist if they're a licensed social worker. You have the right to call up the licensing board. That's what makes someone, when you're licensed, responsible. Means I could even tell you today I had someone call up yesterday and today my office, yeah, and ask me to do something break confidentiality. I'm not going to go into the details, but tell me this and tell me that. I go. I cannot even say I know the co the client. I can't say anything. It's unethical. They tried to get right. their name in, try changing information, and right away I realize it's unethical. When you're licensed, you've got someone on top of you. If you have a problem with me, someone doesn't like my work, my license can be at risk. There's a licensing board that I get a, unless I get a message from the licensing board. One of my clients was extremely upset. They've reviewed their case, their title. They hear there's a case. Now they want me to respond or my license is at risk. Any professional that has taken licensing exams, that's what happens. Now, let me ask your question. Who is that therapist license who you went to for 15 years? 
uh, we were all like uh, the whole family was hooked on her. We all thought Notice that she's right. Notice I asked the question. I, 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 sorry, I your questions. Uh, Let's go please. back to my question. I yeah, want she's right. Uh, she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. No, yeah. Answer my question. The therapist that yeah. you went to for 15 years, is she a licensed social worker, licensed of mental course. health counselor? Of course, yes, of course, yeah. She's an L. Emma, tell me the letters. Don't use the word therapist. What are her letters at the end of her name? Psychotherapist. I don't know exactly no, what letters. Not licensed. The license. Psychotherapists are not licensed. Do they have the letters? Yes, she is licensed, yeah. You use the word license, and licensed people think certificate. You can get a certificate and saying you're licensed. Licensing is not certificate. Two different things. Understand. Someone can take a course Yeah, I understand, but I know that she, does, she, she, is, um, uh, uh, she is licensed. Then is here, if, if you would own up the strength, if you're strong enough, the first thing I would do is call her up and tell her I'm extremely disappointed in you. You've caused me damage, and I would like you to apologize and to clarify why you did it. If they can do dangerous. that or not, you need to speak now to the Rav. First, we'll find out about speaking to the licensing board, and you can send a request. There might be other people that will put the request in, and then therefore they should not be practicing. On the other hand, I want you to realize that therapists do make mistakes. We are human, and we're allowed to make mistakes, but we need to own up to it. Uh -huh. So what is she supposed never to do now? No, I can't tell you what to do. You need your therapist to guide you. How angry are you? Are you ready to hold her responsible? Are you ready to tell her to stop working? Are you ready to call up Relief, the referral organizations, and say, by the way, we've had an echo. Well, and, that's uh, what we did know. already, called Relief. Okay, good. So you've done those, and now you've got an option. If you'd like to go more strict with her, there is a licensing board that you can put her license in question, or she might need to take some workshops, some courses. You have a right to do that. Uh -huh. Now, if you okay. should, if you shouldn't, all that, this is out of my expertise. This is where you've got to now speak to a Rav and, and get some guidance. Let your therapist guide you. But going 15 uh -huh. yeah. years okay. to I a therapist, it doesn't sound, uh -huh. it's, uh, from, I mean, for everyone listening, please, I wanna, I'm just curious on one thing. How did she keep you? I've got clients that we do amazing work, and in six sessions we do work that takes other therapists 30 sessions, a year and a half to do. And they were complaining to me, why isn't it moving fast enough? How does someone keep you 15 years and make it worse? Can you she was doing like right? a cult. What does that mean? Explain to her. Our whole work? family was hooked on her. We keep, kept on going back to her, even, even though she didn't help. And she worked on your whole family? That's another unethical level. How does she yeah. work on the whole family? Oh, why? She's not allowed to? No. It's unethical to work on two or three family members unless they give explicit written permission. Otherwise, you're not allowed to. Absolutely not. I don't believe this. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I'll tell you why. So that means family dynamic. So let, oh, now if you do a family therapy system, then you have all the family members together. You also set the rules. Let me explain to you what happens and why it's unethical to work on family members. Imagine you're my client. Then your sister's my client. Each one of you know that the other one is coming. And you start telling me, you know my sister. So we'll call you A and your sister B. You know my sister B that comes to you, she really doesn't have a good shalom bias. She's telling you that I'm the fault, and she's blaming my mother because she told me she told you she blamed mommy. But it's really not my mother. It's really her husband that he's the bad one. Now, me, uh -huh. I'm going to sit with her, and I'm going to be asking her, so tell me about your husband. I don't want to talk about my husband. It's about my mother. No, and I'm going to stop pushing those. And she goes, oh, did my sister A tell you about my husband? Your sister A doesn't have a good shalom bias, and because she's jealous of my shalom bias with my husband. And really, we're good. She is connected with my mother, and my mother doesn't like... You see what happens? Instead of doing therapy... Yeah, yeah, she caused a lot of problems. She, 
She wasn't that's confidential exactly at all. That's exactly why it's not ethical to work on family members unless all family members know that they give a written consent or a verbal consent, and you do not mention one thing from one to the other. And if there's cross-communication between that, you cannot do that. Can't. Now, even me, where we do get permission from family members, I do not work with more than two or three family members at a time, because even if you have five or six, I can't balance that. So it's unethical. In the laws of ethics, unless there is a written or verbal permission, and there are strong boundaries of one person session, you may not mention the other person in the session, you don't get involved in that. Other than that, it's unethical. You're not allowed to, and my license can be revoked for doing that. What also uh-huh. happened? She did a lot of unethical stuff. <laughs> Not the sure. first thing she did. Good. So what I'm saying is, the more you're speaking, 15 years by a therapist, Rabbi Shalom. Second thing, working on families without permission. Third thing, seeing a situation get worse. Right. These are. Right. She did, uh, these are again. She caused no, a lot of harm in the family. We, we, uh, let she me also tell you another ethical. Bias let me tell you. She did a lot of harm. Let me tell you another ethical issue. There's also an ethical component that social workers are supposed to defend other social workers, which means because she isn't or he isn't on air and they can't defend themselves, many times people like bad-mouthing others. So what I'd like to say is the correct step that I might recommend you to do is you and all your family members get together and you call up this therapist and you say, we want to come down to you because we have an issue with you, and no, we do not want to pay you. No. She would never do that. Okay. And then you still, and then for you to feel safe, whoever made the referrals to you, you can then tell others, we had a bad experience. She's done several steps that were unethical. We're just informing you. And maybe you tell her, if you don't want to meet us, we're going with a hard heart, heavy heart. We, we, we are telling people not to go to you. She, she still care. might have the choice to meet you. I know I've had a story where someone was very upset at me for whatever case happened. I'm saying, remember, we're all humans. I met them twice first time I met them for free, then they wanted to meet several more times. I said, now we're not going any further. They even told me they'll call up relief and go to the rabbi. I said, go ahead. I'm at ease with what I did. I know what I did. I know I acted ethically correct. And the mistakes that I did, I owned up to them. Everyone, remember, we're humans. But then you try to work it out. If the person still has issues, we've got to let go somewhere. I need you to realize we're all human. Everyone makes a mistake. But 15 yeah, years... She, did, she made a lot of mistakes, and uh, she wouldn't even That's you know, right. take responsibility. Yeah. Okay, then thank you very much. You're very welcome for the awareness. And again, let me tell everyone, if they're licensed, you have a lot more rights and a lot more power that you can do. If they're not licensed, you've got no power really at all other than inform the authorities that someone's practicing therapy without permission. But for all of you listening now, please, you go to a therapist six sessions and you don't see a change, you're going 12 sessions and you don't see a change, bring it up. You go to a therapist and it's getting worse, you bring it up. And you say, it's getting worse, why am I doing it? What am I paying? If you have a whole family member going to one therapist, please stop. You're not really doing work. Now they became the family guru, like a, a psychic person telling you what to do. That's not therapy. So these are just some of the basic ethics stuff that are out there, and I feel bad for those of you that are going through that. And, again, that's the point of this program, to create an awareness. So with Siata Deshmaya, we'll be able to help you. The number to call in is 718-683-5858. I could just tell you the messages that we're getting from different people that's sending in about this therapist. 
One person sent messages, Froskis. Another one said, Froskis in Yiddish means slap her up. Another one said, sent a message, shoot her. Another one said, a lot stronger, she should be killed. And another one said, she should pay for all your therapy sessions now that you have to pay to make up for yours and the whole family. And others saying, this is triggering a lot of emotions in a lot of people, including me, by the way. Again, we are now, oh, we are now going to go to Mrs. H. Mrs. H, hello? you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Yes, hello. Do you know what? Can I just ask you for you, Harav Nissim, what do you say about this question? <laughs> I, 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 I wanted you involved in this no, because no, I'm always, we're always defending therapists, but there are times that therapists, licensed, non-licensed, oh, some of them are. What do you say about this? You know, you say that the word uh, guru, you know, sometimes you have like a, a magnetic personality that can carry... Or a, a lot of people around him, you know, and then just uh, cause a lot of problem. And this, unfortunately, is everything. You know, we saw uh, some people that pretend to be uh, religious and taking people to the other direction, and all this kind of stuff that we really facing every day. Uh, we are we awareness, you know. Uh, we we heard recently that uh, a, a person told. Uh, a lady to do things against the Torah by the name of the Torah, you know. So this, so we yeah. have to be careful you not know, to be such such a naive, and try to find as a fifteen years is a long time, is really yeah. long time to to not to check ourselves and not to consult maybe other other rabbi or another person and not to fall on the you know the the, the pressure of the family that felt, as you said, as a guru. Uh, yeah. I would almost call it like, hip like hypnotism, like someone just yes. gets like hypnotized by that. You know, they just get caught up into it. Okay. Good. Mrs. H, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Yes, hello. Um, I wanted to continue from last week. Um, we stopped then. I'm a teacher and I wanted to know the guidance on how to take over the stress of my students. And at the yeah. same time, not to take away the responsibility of the girls that can sure. do better. Yes. So go ahead. Ask your question again, and let's go hear about it. Harvnison, I want you involved in this question. I will be. <laughs> Good. So let's go ahead. So your question is, how do you take off the pressure and the edge from your students? Right? Right. Well, let's first start with you. What do you think of the processes? Now, I'll only give you some sh a few short tips. But what would you say? You're talking to me? Yeah. Uh, what I say is uh, um, is the uh, is, uh, the way to do it. Yeah. Um, I would discuss it with my class that I that um, they shouldn't be so stressed. I, I discussed it like maybe um, it depends which test, which subject, but take a, a certain amount of time that makes sense to you, and this is the time you're going to study and you're going to go over your work, and that's it, and you did your status the most you can, and you don't have to worry before and after that. Excellent. That's thing. step one. So step one is actually telling them, this is the amount of time I want you to study. That's a good action. So this I would do more steps six and seven which is after you've given what I call the pre-talk. The pre-talk has to be first the Hakdama. Why is it not good for them to study so hard? 
If we they... want a goal given, we need the purpose to the goal. You want them to stop studying so hard. Why? What's the goal? To take over the stress from them. Bingo. So let's put in the positive. Taking off stress is like the negative concept where we don't want to have stress. We want to use the positive word. So let's, let's, I would rephrase it as follows. Girls, this is the happiest time of your life. And the rest of your life will be happy. In order for your life to be happy, we need to learn how to balance responsibility and easiness and happiness. If responsibility gets heavy and it's weight, then the older you get and there's more responsibility, the harder your life is going to be. So our goal over here as teachers is not to teach you how to do well in tests only. Remember, not the words, I'm using the words only. Not, it's not only that, because it is our goal to teach them information for them to do well. But our, over, our larger goal is for you to be a success in life. And therefore, when girls are having too much stress over a test and you're focusing on the 100 and not on your happiness, then we defeated the purpose. So step one is asking the girls now by a, hand of, by a show of raising your hand, how many of you girls are walking around with a lot of stress from responsibility that you have to do well on tests? And you'll get some girls yes, some girls no. Or if the girls aren't that comfortable yet, then they might not open up or, or raise their hands. Then you'll say, well, I notice that there's a lot of stress about the test. So therefore, I'd like to change it. I'd like to get us that, what can we do and start getting your, that, again, asking the girls, what can we do for you to be easy about taking a test? What happens if there won't be a mark to the test? Or what happens if the mark stops above 80? Whoever gets above 80, we don't mark more than that. Or how about whatever mark you get, the goal is information, so even if you get three wrong, you can take it home and then study or review those three questions, and I will ask you, close, let's say behind, you know, just ask the test, what were those three things that you got wrong? And if you know the information, maybe I'll ask you again to take the test, or I'll ask you a couple of questions, random questions, and if you get them right, then we give you the 100. The goal is information. The goal is not to show someone isn't doing well. The goal is to see our people studying. If you got 60% wrong, that means there's something wrong with your studying habits or something wrong with a teacher teaching it or something wrong with the seat where the girl is sitting or something wrong that the girl isn't eating well or the girl's not sleeping well. If someone doesn't get a good mark, now is an indication for us to discuss one-on-one what's going on. Does that make sense? So step one is you actually discuss with a girl. The girl, girls, the point is not the mark. The point is that you get the information that I'm teaching. If you're not doing it, if you're not getting the information, there must be something wrong with either me, something not going well with you, something not going well in the physical, emotional component, something not going well in the class. Step two is that I'll be telling the girls, what can we do in a class once a week that there should be fun, that we can smile? How about every day a girl or two girls come up, they have to prepare a joke? Do you see how it changes the attitude if there's a joke or something smiling? I, I have now a center, several therapists working under me, and one of the therapists works with, we're working with a very like, serious client. So he made up that she's got to come prepared to every session with one joke, and he comes prepared with a joke just to lighten and ease. Do you see the power of a joke? Uh-huh. Now, the sec- now is where we put in your speech, saying, girls, I don't want you to study more than a half hour. If most girls go, oh, more than a half hour, not, you can't do more. I need a much more. If most of the girls say they need more, either you're not aware as to how tough your tests are, or 
the girls are perfectionists, and they go, whoa, then maybe I've got to give you easier tests for you not to study that hard. Do those, does all this make sense? Yes, very much. Okay, thank you very much. What are you walking out with? Please stay on the line because I still want Aravnissan to get involved. Let's see if we can come up with some more ideas together. I think that you said, uh, I would say, everything. And the, 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 the word is positive atmosphere in the classroom. And build a trust in the kids and the girls that Marx is not everything. Marx is only a, a step that to see something. But it's really, uh, I would say, that to check you ability to teach the girls the informative uh, material you know that if they if they losing the you know you see you can see and you can ask the girl what happened why you, you right now this te test it didn't do so good she can tell you i didn't sleep good i didn't eat maybe i didn't understand uh what you explained but this is a, a way to indicate what what's wrong with with uh, with us the teachers you know and then, furthermore, you go to the girls. But I think the word trust, fun, and a good atmosphere, it will rebuild the classroom to detect the classroom to a different level of, uh, you know, uh, observing the information in a good way and not in a press, not in the uh, way that they feel that they go home and they don't go to sleep because... Uh, Ruti got more than uh, Shula and Shula go uh, from uh, Chava and all this stuff because the teacher said you must bring me the hundred or the parents so the here it's your work to find the fine line between control the class I think uh, that when the class it will be fun and a good atmosphere you will control it much much easier and 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 a very and a better better uh, place mm -hmm. I agree to everything Harvinson said, and in fact, I think he even said it uh, a point much better than I did, and that is that let's not focus that much on the marks. The focus is how well did you know the information, how well are you enjoying yourself, how much are you getting your Hashemayim, how much are you growing and helping someone else. That is where the question comes in. Do you feel the girls are growing? Do you feel the girls are listening? Do you feel the girls are smiling more when it comes to your class? Yes. Excellent. And that's the goal. That's, I want to tell you, we, I don't know if you listened before of this show with uh, Rabbi Yossi Mizrahi. Oh, he was unbelievable. Yes. I heard a, a little bit of it. Yeah, so we, this was what we, we basically continued the, the conversation of uh, Rabbi Rechnitz. That spoke oh, about that was an off the charts. This, I yes. must tell everyone, I listened to his drosha, and my wife was laughing at me because I'm clapping as he's speaking. And my okay. wife goes, but you're seeing it. You're not even there. Why are you clapping? There's That's, no one around. And, you know, I, people called me and said, why you put negative things in the air and why are you talking about it? But we have to talk about it because it's really up to us and up to the teacher tomorrow just to change the Ashkafa and the atmosphere that they because Yadud to be a Jewish people is not avo not avoid the question and not run away from question because Wakadosh Baruch Hu asking us Ladat, don't believe me, don't believe, knows me. This is all about to be Jewish. To be the giving the right answer, to get don't hide from any question when everything that especially with Ashkafa, because when we're giving excuses to our act we're losing our children. And when we're push, pushing them to, to the, the, the mark 
and not to the importance of learning, again, we are pushing them to the wrong direction. That's right. I'm sorry That's that right. I spoke with a, a patient, but this is really something that Jay Root standing in behind it. That's right. We don't, I, I, I'd also like to clarify, many times on this program, we bring up negative issues or stories, but it's not we're bringing up negative. We're discussing it on how to grow. His drasha was how to grow. That was his speech, that we've got to start accepting. We've got to start letting go. We've got to start accepting people. And everyone has got something. We can't have an elitist attitude. It means we've got to realize that we all started from somewhere. Gary Yusin, Be'eris Nachriya, the Rabbi always reminds us we have to be nice to the Haftimus Ager. Why do we have to like Ager? Because we were Gerim. Let's not forget we come from humble beginnings. Pesach, where do we start from? Avodim Hayinu, and it goes from where? Avram, who was our, who was our grandfather? Terach, Zara. We aren't perfect. We all come with a flaw. That's how the Rabbi made us. So let's not say, because you don't see my mistake, so therefore I could now knock yours. No, I have my chasar, and I have my battles that I got to overcome. And therefore, if I know your weakness, many times as a therapist people ask me, how could you hear my greatest weakness and still look at me as a good person? I go, what do you mean? I know my greatest weakness. So if I could accept mine and work on growing mine, I don't think yours is any different than mine. There's one of those things, just because you sin differently than me doesn't make me better. I have my weaknesses, you've got your weaknesses, and every person alive has their weaknesses. That's why we're alive. That's our Nisayan. That's the whole battle of the Yetzirah and Yetzirah. And we've got to grow. Okay, we've got over here another teacher on the line, so we're going to go there. Hello? Yes. Yes, I'm a teacher for many years, and I would like to give three suggestions. Number one, if a teacher is able not to give so many tests to begin with, we don't yep. need so many tests. It's not. I'm clapping for you right there. Yes. That's number one. My daughter. I have a daughter, Henny. She is now. How old are you? You're ten. She is ten years old, smiling from ear to ear. I got to tell her because she's listening. And the teacher just said okay. we got to give less tests. <laughs> That's number one. We don't need the test, especially, I mean, if the principals want it, that's one thing, and you can deal with it. Number two. Right. Parents also want it because they want to know. I happen not to be against tests, yes. which means tests just give us an idea. Is the right. child doing good? It lets the teacher know, is the class getting their information or not? The pressure of tests needs to be taken off, but the concept so, uh, of here the is, Here is the suggestion of taking off pressure. Uh, I learned for many years from my experience I give my students a review sheet before each and every test. The review sheet is basically 8 to 90 percent, 80 to 90 percent, what's going to be on the test. So it makes it clear. I'm not trying to make them fail. I'm not trying to test them. I'm trying they should learn. And then when they'll get the test, they'll realize they learned. Now they know it. They'll be relaxed. Next time, they'll also get the same thing. And number three, suggestion number three is, why don't teachers give open book tests? The children are much more relaxed. Here's the question, here's the parak, here's the pasuk, and it's Rashi. Over here, it's something else. Uh, if it's in the Novi, if this is the, uh, the Brilliant. Sudas, this Excellent. is Rashi, parak. You, you tell them the parak and the pasuk where you get the answer. Open book test for the parak they learned. And the children will like it. They're going to, and the test is going to be a learning experience instead of a pressure and a test. It's learning. We don't need tests. 
Nobody needs yeah. any tests. And I'll even help you out or drop more that I find along these lines is, do you know what helps people store things in the long-term memory? Doing those review sheets that you said, and imagine every week you review the, the couple of week sheets, the, no, let's say, you, let's say you're week six, right. you review worksheets one, two, three, four, five, and six, because at the sixth week when you're reviewing one, two, three, four, five, and six, now one is fresh in your mind, two is fresh in your mind, three is fresh in the mind, and the sixth one, the newest one, is newer. And then when you go to week seven, you got now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The more times you do it over and over, it just stays in your mind. It stays. And another thing the children all the years used to ask me, is this going to be in the test? This material, do we need it in the test? And, and I was laughing or crying. What do you mean this? What are, we're going to learn. We learn a lot of things. Not everything has to be in the test. Only the most important points. And give a review sheet. And so make it so they, they're going to like it because they'll, they'll be very Beautiful. successful. Nobody's going to fail. You've got to be very, you've got to be uh, out Excellent. of, of the ball I'll tell you, we've got about 30 seconds to go, so I want to thank you for calling. And an open I book test. I appreciate it. I love the ideas. For 30 seconds ago, I just want to read one, men- one message because this is about me, sort of. Hi, thank you very much for your show. We love it. We talk about it all the time. My husband and I have gained so much from you. Thank you. I've been looking around for parenting classes for a while, but as of yet, I haven't found one. Both my husband and I would love to take your parenting workshop. My question is, when will it be? Merit Hashem will be announcing it on the j Radio when we'll be doing it. It'll probably be about five, six, or seven weeks from now. I'm just looking to balance life with the center that we've just opened. But with Siata Deshmeyer, Merit Hashem, looking forward to taking it, and we'll be announcing it over here. And thank you for another amazing week, and thank you for being so flexible with me, changing it from Monday to Tuesday and everyone else that was flexible to making this change possible. And thank you very much. I want to thank you to all the listeners. And uh, today was really unbelievable, you know, avalanche of phone calls. And the people that on the line, I really apologize that we cannot. And the people that text us, and I know they called me about the text. We couldn't answer. I'm really sorry. And Bez Hashem, next week. And uh, thank you again. Thank you to the great teachers that are outside and really doing a good job. Thank you. Exactly. Have a wonderful evening.